You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We are back talking Nip Tuck. We're into season two, episode five. Joel Gideon. It's good to be back talking about Nip Tuck. Um, you're here with Nick, and uh, I feel dead inside. And my name is Ben, and I have pubic hairs older than you. <laughs> There's some pretty good quotes in this one. They're a little bit more hidden than they normally are. You know, like, normally you kind of get these kind of Christian just stands there and drops these quotes, and you have to hunt them a little bit more on this one. But they, some of them are really good. Yeah, I actually noted that I I got a heap, and I was kind of worried that you were going to use that one that I just used. So I made sure to keep an eye on all my other quotes because um, this. Yeah, I agree with you. There are definitely a few in this one that uh, stood out as a very quotable episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, so we're we kind of um, getting into the, the meat of this this season, and I think this is probably, we're starting to get a little bit of a run on in terms of these interesting episodes. Um, I think probably this one is a little bit um, less critical to, to what happens, um, apart from the last part, of course. Um, but I, th- I think we are really starting to get into what makes the show really good, and, you know, we keep talking up season two. And I think this is really where the rubber hits the road as we kind of get into these kind of these five, six, seven, eight episodes. These are kind of the big ones, really. Yeah, it's I. This is kind of one of those ones that I think you sort of loosely forget exists, but um, like as you said, kind of what happens at the end. It's very important, and for for kind of, I mean, we we keep talking up how much we love season two because season two is amazing, um, but. You know, I think this really shows the strength of this season that even in, I guess, a quote, forgettable episode, there's still a lot about this episode to really enjoy and um, some really good scenes, some really well-acted scenes. And, you know, on the grand scheme of episodes of Nip Tuck, it's probably not going to rank in, you know, the top 50, but it's still, a, I think, a strong episode for the type of episode that it is. Yeah, and I mean, the the whole kind of, um, you know, Matt's parentage story kind of um, really takes off in this episode, obviously. And I think when we, we get to the, the end of the season, we're probably going to spend a bit of time talking about at least one or two of those scenes, um, the kind of, you know, reveal scenes um, as being, you know, top ones for this whole season. Um, and I think probably if I was going to rank them, and I don't want to give too much away, but if I'm going to rank them... Um, but there's def- this is the one that we get at the end of this episode, and we're going to get there, obviously, but this wouldn't be number one for me. Um, and so I think, that, you know, when you think about this whole thing with Matt and who's his dad and all that kind of stuff, um, you kind of don't think about what happens at the end of this episode. I mean, is that a fair comment? Do you think, is that how you kind of think of it too? Yeah, because I, I think kind of, it's sort of similar to what I said about this episode. It's kind of you forget when this happens because I think when you think about this whole storyline, there's probably a scene that, I mean, again, we won't spoil it, and you're probably thinking of the same one that I am, that I think we all remember kind of this lengthy reveal to each of the characters because obviously we know that, you know, Christian has to find out, then Sean has to find out, then Matt has to find out, you know what I mean? So it's kind of how each of them eventually finds out. Spoiler alert, I mean, you know what's going to happen. Um, and I think kind of out of all the people's characters and they're finding out, you'd probably say Sean's is the most memorable. We don't want to spoil how, kind of how that turns out. But, yeah, I mean, it's interesting how you put that. I think it probably is a very fair comment, as, as, as great of a scene as it is. Again, I know we're jumping ahead right to the end of the episode, but, I mean, it is a fantastic scene. But, yeah, I probably would agree with you how you, how you put that. Yeah, and I think probably we get lots of good... Um, um Christian scenes in this mm-hmm. this episode, you know, lots uh, and really good Julian McMahon acting moments, you know, which I think is, you know, I think he's the the real star of this episode in terms of ha- his acting is pretty brilliant, really. Um, but I mean, let's let's start at the top and we get this kind of quite bizarre scene where um, 
Sean crashes his car and gets a bit of a cut to the face. Um, and, you know, that kind of starts off our episode. We get into the, the um, emergency room and Julia and, and Christian are there. And, you know, we find out that the, the other driver died in this very kind of nonchalant way. It's just like he died. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> um, and, you know, this is supposed to spur off kind of what the big theme of this whole episode is, which is, you know, kind of live your life in the moment and don't let it pass you by. And, you know, Sean gets called a pussy and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so that's kind of like the real the, the real thrust of this episode the whole way through. So we kind of get this set up right from the start here. Um, and you know we get some some cool scenes in the, the with the crash test dummies and stuff like that in this episode, but this is kind of what starts it off, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how um, Sean refers to Julia as babe. I don't think he ever does that ever again. That's hey babe, I'm on my way. Um, and we get an, a, a recurring theme in this episode that apparently all that they eat in the McNamara household is chicken. Um, but, you know, do we want orange chicken, garlic chicken, ginger, whatever the hell they're going on about? It's weird the music. Like, it's, I mean, it's, I think it's well it's done. How, like bring, yeah, sorry, I was just saying, it's almost like a dream kind of, you know, yeah. like it's, um, yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, it's because it's kind of, it's well done, I feel, how it's kind of that shock of how he gets hit, how it's kind of, you know, sudden. And the first time you watch this, it's, it's shocking. Of course it is. But it, it's kind of how you have that sort of music, then it kind of goes quiet with all the slow motion with the glass and all that sort of stuff. It's really good. And then it goes back to that music. Um, and I love how you say about, like, the other driver, like, oh, he died. Um, because even as Sean says, like, I saw him get up and walk away. If you're actually paying attention, you can see the driver in the other car just kind of like, oh, my head. Um, and then, yeah, well, you know, he was one of the most memorable deaths, uh, in, in Nip Tuck. But my, my favorite thing I think that I noted, um, was when Julia goes to the hospital and she just walks up to that girl at the desk and is just like, oh, you know, Sean McNamara. She just kind of like looks at lazily and points. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. how does that work I in hospitals? How small is hospitals in Miami that she can just go oh, over there? Yeah, I guess this is probably, you know, we're recording this in the, in the midst of a, a American healthcare debate. So maybe this is uh, speaking a little bit to that. But um, yeah, no, it, it's all kind of these kind of um, weird little moments that you kind of get on NipTuck sometimes. And um, yeah, it's really funny. But I mean, it, it's one of those things where this, this show is really, really focused on these kind of three to to four or five key characters on the show and you know often um what's happening outside of them is is sometimes feels a little bit not i don't know if cheap's the right word but it feels like they don't often pay a lot of attention to the detail and what's happening around them all that time you know and and sometimes and that's you know we've talked about it before where they have like a panning shot in a in a restaurant and you see these people making ridiculous faces in the background (laughs) that you know you would think on something that you know where there's someone that's paying attention to this this kind of thing they wouldn't let that through um and i think that's it's probably partly that that you know, there's such a focus on these key characters which you know the, the payoff is that these key characters are really good so you know th- it's not so much of a problem for me really and it gives us something funny to point out when we see them so that's always good yeah um, i just want to really yeah, point out too there nick that the biggest mystery that will never be solved in the history of nip tuck is what happened to sean's shoe he, he lost it, and we don't know where it is, and we never get closure on that. So just pointing that out there, big plot hole in Nip Tuck. Yeah, okay, well, it's, we it's go. gone to the It's gone to the vortex where certain psychologists go to who shall not be named, who just disappear without warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so we, we kind of uh, move on and we get this um, this scene where, you know, Gina kind of breaks in and uh, into uh, Christian's apartment and, and um, Wilbur's gone at this point. You know, this is the, the kind of end of this part of it anyway. Um and, you know, we, we kind of have this fight breaks out between the two of them. Um, and, you know, Gina kind of expects Christian to kind of get into the fight to get the, get Wilbur back. And, and he's kind of, he's given up at this point. 
Um, and yeah, I think probably the thing that I kind of took away from this is there's a bit of an ongoing theme here is that, you know, Christian often gets into these these quite aggressive arguments with women and they often end in a slightly violent tone. I don't know if that's something that you're picking up on. That we, I don't know if it's just Gina brings it out in him, but I don't think it's the last time we're going to see that. And um, it's not a really great look for Christian, actually. And it's something I'd never really thought about before until we started this rewatch. I, I definitely think Gina does bring it out on him because I'm trying to think if he ever gets that way with anybody else. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's the thing that I really got from this episode with Christian is just like that level of the fact that, yeah, he just gives up. Um, and then kind of, obviously we get the brief peak in the middle of kind of, you know, where he's going to try and, you know, fight for Wilbur, but then obviously even at the end and just, he really, and this is a thing I think with Christian that you will notice a lot is when something bad happens to him. Um, he's not quite in the mat level of badness throughout what happens to him in cross this course of this show. Uh, a lot of that happened before we even started seeing him in the show, obviously with what's happened to him in his life. But, um, as soon as something really bad happens to him, he really kind of turns into asshole Christian and like, not that lovable asshole Christian who kind of redeems himself, you know, by the end of the episode, he turns into mega dick Christian. And I mean, again, yeah. this is, I think the uniqueness and the, the complexity of his character, which makes his character so unique because when he is in that real depths of a dick, like an asshole, he really is such a prick. And I think, yeah, you're right. Like he... You really wouldn't put it past him, and I don't like saying this because I like Christian Troy, um, to, to hit a woman um, at certain points. And, yeah, it, it's really it's a good point you make with that. So, But, I mean, this I just say this scene, again, Julian McMahon, star of this episode in terms of acting, he really has some great scenes. And, um, yeah, yeah. This and is, this is we, always great with Gina, of course, as we've discussed a lot in this. But, yeah, this is I think yeah. he's, he shines in this episode. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, I just keep going back to just how good Julian McMahon is as an actor, and it's just, it, it still just baffles me that he's not this kind of major Hollywood star, because he is just such a talented actor, and whether this character was just made for him, and he's just never really been able to replicate it, but he's just so good, you know, and um, it, it really is a shame that we haven't seen him on more stuff, But so we just have to enjoy what we're getting here, I suppose. But um, we kind of move on to, um, you know, this whole scene with, um, with, you know, there's a few scenes here now where Sean's kind of backing up, and the first one is really him with with Matt, who's playing. I think it's Gran Turismo, from what I can tell. Um, and you know, and kind of goes into this conversation about Sean being a pussy. Um, you know, so this is kind of it, it then leads into this whole thing with the um, you know Sean going to the the car safety place, whatever the hell that I don't know what that facility is actually called. Where they're putting dead bodies into cars to because that's the only way. Like a crash test dummy can't give them an accurate you know. Um, picture of what happens to people when a, an airbag hits them and that kind of thing and um, obviously they're, they're offering him a bit of a job here because the last guy left for, for stress reasons because somebody <laughs> got decapitated you know it's all it's all really like that um, yeah so I think it's um, you know it, it's quite fun kind of watching this whole thing with Sean and I mean the whole thing about Sean being a pussy I mean he is but that's that's part of his character it's the thing we like about him really is that he is the, the straight man to Christian's kind of you know excesses and craziness um yeah so i mean it's it's all fun scenes here i mean i don't know what you want to add to this the only thing i really wanted to kind of talk about was um the guy that's at the crash test facility will be known to um a lot of people as um abraham off the walking dead i know you're not a big walking dead guy so you know when the when the lost guys show up I, you you point that out and when the walking dead guys show up it's me pointing it out and um, he's a bit of a fan a bit of a cult cult hero on Walking Dead so it was really cool to see him in this other role I, I really enjoyed it the, the fact that I'm laughing at the fact that uh, when we get a scene coming up very soon and I'm going to point out the Desperate Housewives
wives guy. Um, so, um, I don't know kind of what I'm more ashamed of that I don't know somebody from The Walking Dead or I'm the one pointing out the guy well known for Desperate Housewives. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole, I, I love the fact that Again, just nitpicking kind of, you know, little things as we do. You know, Matt kind of sits down on the couch, picks up the controller, and just magically the game is ready to go. Did you leave that on pause? Um, just ready yeah, to go. Yeah. I mean, so I just like the thing that, you know, Sean is so distressed by um, this car crash that, you know, like just watching people drive a car on a, on a computer game is too much for him. And Matt is shit at that game. Can we just point that out? <laughs> yeah, he like backs, backs into like a, a barrier or something. Like and he's <laughs> smiling. He's like crashing and he's smiling like, going, oh, look at me. I'm so shit at this game. And then like, I love how Sean just picks up the controller and like turns the team If that's my dad doing that, I'm like, fuck off. I'm playing that. Like, you know, just so calm. Just like, oh yeah, cool. I get it. Um, and what does yeah. what does he say? Like, when Mum told me you were in an accident, I didn't breathe until I saw you. Um, yet later on, he walks out on him in a restaurant when he's about to eat poisonous fish. So he clearly, yeah. the love there is is shared. Um, I also I love, love the, the fact when um he's in the testing facility and he's talking to the guy and. Like, what does he say? Like, oh, do you read those government test results that they produce? And Sean's like, religiously. Like, you can just see Sean sitting there reading it, like res- reports coming into him about like test results about cars. Um, yeah, I mean, I-, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here to the scene where they're just sitting in the car with Christian, but um, I just, I just wanted to point that scene out. That uh, again, we talk a lot about. Uh, Christian sort of, you know, cool Christian. I just, I just love that green shirt. This is why I watch Desperate Housewives people clearly because I'm noticing fashion all of a sudden. Um, I love his green shirt that he wears with those glasses. Like that is cool. I want to look like that. Just, just pointing that out, jumping yeah. ahead. But I just, that's one thing I noticed from that scene in the car. How cool Christian looks at that point. My, um, my favorite one is, um, my favorite Christian look is the kind of like maroon purple shirt with uh, like rose tinted glasses mm-hmm. that's my that's classic christian look but you know i mean that's the thing about him and i mean he's deliberately designed and you know given that kind of costume um because you know it, it, it kind of speaks to his kind of brash you know um out there kind of tone um and so that kind of they show it very clearly through his um through his costuming and you know it's a really cool thing about christian is that you know they, they've got an actor that can pull this off you know if they were putting sean and that kind of thing it just wouldn't work you know like dylan walsh can't pull that kind of costume off um and you know so they've done a really good job and yeah i always really like that i mean i don't think there's much when you talk about around the crash test stuff it is cool all a bit kind of funny and we come back to it again later on so we can talk about it there and you know so christian kind of picks sean up because he's too distressed to drive and um you know he's off to donate wilbur's toys so we're kind of um, linking back to that storyline, but then we kind of get to our kind of um, title character for this episode, which is um, Joel Gideon, who's the the mountain climber who's had his, his nose kind of bitten off with with frostbite. Um, and you know, this is you know tying back into this whole thing with with Sean about you know he's going to go out and take some risks in his life because all he does is um, you know he sits around and doesn't doesn't take any risks. And now I've got this guy who's a mountain climber and. They're going to repair his face, and then he's going to go back out there. And the whole thing about it, you know, he's got a family and and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's um, yeah. I mean, it, it's sometimes Niptuck is really good at doing these kind of subtle storylines, and sometimes they're really obvious. And this is an episode, I guess, which is everything's really obvious. They're not trying to really hide anything. It's all pretty out there in the open about what this episode's all about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and this is where I will point out all those Jesper Housewives fans uh, would recognise Doug Savant 
course, uh, yeah, I mean, he was very well known for being Tom Scarvo in Desperate Housewives. But, I mean, it's not just that. He's actually a well-known actor. Uh, he was in 24. He was in the uh, Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie, which uh, is a very underrated film. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this. I'm just, just looking quickly here, kind of off-topic for a slight moment, that season two, like, the title characters of each episode, we've got some big names this season in terms of who we actually get, particularly actors, I guess, who have probably maybe at the time of this show weren't necessarily that big, but have gone on to, you know, to very big things. Um, you know, I mean, Doug Savan obviously went on to be very well known for Desperate Housewives, but say what you will about the show, it was very popular. Um, and, you know, a lot of these other ones that we've obviously touched on a few, but just pointing that out. But, yeah, definitely not subtle in terms of, oh, look at me, I need to go up and live and climb mountains. Uh, so, of course, we get the scene straight away, don't we, of, you know, uh, Christian, like, I'm going to fight for Wilbur, and then Sean, like, I'm going to take the job, I want a free car, you know, so it's kind of like, um, I mean, it is kind of inspirational, though, isn't it? Like, he jumped out of helicopters and shit, and then became a, what was he, a high school guidance counsellor, and then he was scared because he wasn't living his life, and then he goes to climb mountains um i mean i can i just point out that i've been um i i recently hiked up a semi wasn't even tall by mountain standards not by mount everest standards um but like i went hiking in alaska uh halfway up a mountain which is the tallest peak in anchorage and i fucking nearly died and this was a pretty much a basic hike for basic people so uh anybody who listens to this who climbs mountains because clearly we always target people who are actual surgeons and climb mountains um yeah you guys that's, are, that's are crazy person. good you know so um yeah i i commend you hence why your nose falls off but uh, yeah it's kind of like you know when you first see this like the makeup looks a bit silly as well because it's kind of like this the strip across his nose and i guess it's probably because that's the bit that falls underneath like goggles if you're wearing them so you know it kind of looks a bit silly to start with but you kind of understand what it's all about um and you know I, I, it's kind of weird because the whole thing is like you're going to fix me up and then i'm going to go back out there yeah um which is yeah i, I guess it's that whole thing and like yeah it's i'm not i think we're probably just repeating ourselves and saying that it's just a really obvious thing about what they're setting up in this episode and so we can probably kind of move on um and you know we kind of get into this uh i think the next scene is is you know we well we get this quick little scene from um, which has got a great quote, which I might use at the end, which is, you know, so basically, you know, Christian and Gina, are, uh, you know, they're all in now, you know, and they're going to go and fight for Wilbur. Um, so it's kind of like the suit up scene, isn't it, really? Um, and they, But that's a real quick one. And then we get back to, um, you know, being in the, with with this dead guy um, that, that Sean's checking out before they're going to put him in a car. And, you know, you've got the, I've actually forgotten what, um, I just call him Abraham because that's who he was on Walking <laughs> Dead, but the, na- the name of this guy here. Um, but, you know, basically talking he's about been being in the gun. other things like too. He's like, he's, uh, sorry to interrupt, but like, I mean, I, I haven't watched yeah, him, yeah. but he's, he's, I know him from something too. Like, continue, I need yeah. to find out what it is. It's been irking me since I've watched the damn episode. So, yeah, anyway, keep going. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it talks about this whole thing about being in the gunner club that they were going to do this and going to do that. And um, so this is Brody. It's Michael Cutlett, which I should have known. Um, Brody, um, and yeah, he, yeah, basically this guy that he's about to put in the um, in the car was his best friend and never did anything exciting with his life. And um, you know, and and basically the um, the crux of it is that you know his his last ride is going to be the exciting thing that this this dead person does. And you know they've got the what, what's the button called the kind of the B O D isn't it the button of death yeah, yeah yeah and so he asks if he can push it and uh, yeah I mean it's uh, again it just uh, you know it's unusually blatant for um the walking uh, for uh, the walking dead for um <laughs> for nip tuck you know we don't normally kind of see that um yeah so I mean and I don't really mind it I mean and not everything needs to be super subtle it's um yeah 
just I uh, just really quickly I'm looking through here the fact that he's pretty much been in a shitload of things that I've watched. So that's why he's like no, one of these. Sort of a, yeah, he's one of those faces that you see all yeah. the time, and he, it, like this kind of bit where he turns up for one or two episodes. Um, I think was kind of his go-to for a long time, and I think his his run on The Walking Dead was probably unusually long for him. You know, it was one of those things. He's not normally a regular. Yeah, he was, I mean, 24, uh, Lost, funnily enough, you brought that up before. Uh, probably the one that I know him most for is uh, Southland, which, um, especially Brandy and I were talking a little bit about that recently on third our Third Watch episodes and a show that we'd really like to cover because Southland, if, you, if you're a fan of police shows, that was a very well done show. Um, but, yeah, he was one of the main stars in that one, actually, now that I uh, remember who he was. And I think you'd argue maybe the main star of that, even though that actually had some pretty big names in that show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely been around for a bit and he's still plugging along by the looks of things just uh you know being in and out of various uh movies and tv shows uh but on the scene i mean i don't really have much to add i mean um do you mention the whole goner club or we were presidents of the goner club i I like that that was kind of cool um but i mean yeah yeah i guess you know obviously the big thing as well is that you know they pulled this body out afterwards and it's basically got the same kind of injury that sean had um and it's just you know he's almost looking in the mirror and that's one of the things that surprises me with this is that you know nip tuck um basically normally would just go to us you know they would show it being sean you know him having like a vision of himself lying on the table and they don't go there which is unusual for this because we got that didn't we in the car before didn't we when he was um when he first goes to the crash facility and he sees a crash test dummy you see that scene of him like driving the car um so yeah it's um it's that's a good point actually that you make yeah yeah and so uh, you know i don't think there's there's too much more to kind of talk about this we can kind of go into this arbitration scene which is you know obviously um sean and gina opposite um james and james wife who i've forgotten her name um and you know talking about what's going to happen here and and you know this real kind of heartfelt scene by, by christian Thank you. That's a name. Uh, yeah. I knew it was a weird name. And I was like, what? That's a name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, I think, um, you know, there's this is quite a cool scene. Um, I don't think that it really kind of, um, other than, than Christians, but at the end, uh, the rest of it kind of feels a little bit kind of, um, it's set up stuff that you have to have. You know, there's nothing really uh, particularly interesting here other than Sicily's um, reaction to she doesn't really want this kid. Um, but but you know I mean I think Christian's speech at the end is is probably the the real clincher here for this being you know a, a really interesting uh, little scene. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean I do like Cicely's whole like you know when she's like you want this baby I'm going to get it for you you know it's like oh not that you know I don't want it too and then I just I love her reaction to Christian which I guess is true the when the way she's like who are you like you know you're not a boyfriend you're not a husband you're not the you know which I guess is a good point it leads into the the great speech. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of obviously what it leads to eventually. Um, you know, but yeah, Christian speech again, props to Julian McMahon, uh, just for, you know, amazing acting abilities. And again, just really holds this scene really well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and you know, so we, we kind of move on from this and go into, um, Annie! the next scene, which I've, uh, basically what I've, I've, what I've written for the next scene is, um, uh, frisky no. <laughs> Is all I've got written on my thing. <laughs> I've written in large capital letters, Annie! <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, yeah, obviously, she did the whole thing with Mr. Frisky, you know, that um, Mr. Frisky or Mrs. Frisky, um, as the case might be, is, you know, they're telling her that, that she's pregnant and actually 
um, Frisky. I keep, I keep saying Mr. Frisky, but I don't think there's ever any a, a Mr. at all. It's just Frisky. I um, want to see. Got I, a want this, I, love, I love the whole... The, that, like, I think it works so well, the way Sean's like, oh, she's pregnant. He's like, I'm going to be a mummy. And then it's like, it's a massive tumour. Uh, I want them to like edit Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's not a tumour. Um, <laughs> I want to see... I know we're jumping ahead because, you know, spoiler alert, Frisky dies and we, you know, poor, poor little Annie, you know, but like... I want the scene where Annie finds dead Frisky and then Sean's like, oh, sorry, oh, I misdiagnosed that. And then Annie wants a super malpractice. Like, you told me it was a pregnancy, you bastard, you lied. <laughs> it's not a tumour. <laughs> it does seem a bit hard, but I mean, what what do you tell a kid, really? Um, well, they don't care for yeah. her. They just ignore her. This is just, oh, we need her in the episode. Oh, we remember we've got a daughter now. Oh, she's pregnant. Lol, just kidding. Tumor dead. Oh, well, suck it up, Annie. Off to your room. Go play with your other frisky. <laughs> it's no wonder this girl turned out to be a slut. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Poor Annie! This is terrible. This is the worst thing about Nip Tuck. You're forgetting about poor little Annie. She just got a period week ago. Come on now. <laughs> the hormones are just all over the yeah. place, you know? <laughs> mm. But uh, anyway, let's let's move past this hilarity. Um, and, you know, we're into the, 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 the sushi shop and, uh, or the sushi um, restaurant, I should say. It's not a shop. Um, and, you know, um, the, the, this whole scene where Sean's going to get um, adventurous and have this blowfish, and it just brings me back to, like, classic Homer Simpson, you know, like season two or whatever it was, where, you know, he accidentally, or he thinks he accidentally eats the, the poison blowfish and he's got 24 hours to live. You know, that, all I could think about was that Simpsons episode watching this whole thing. <laughs> the, the, the things that I noticed, going back to what I was saying before about, the, you know, the chicken, all they eat is chicken. I love it when, like, you know, the, the delivery man comes around and delivers a chicken, and when Sean's like, geez, Jules, how about a bit of variety? Next time there's a scene where it's like the McNamara's in like a family setting, just really pay attention to the acting. I feel it's really forced sometimes, just if you actually really pay attention to the way they're handling each other. And it's not to say they're bad actors, but just some of the scenes really come across as like almost soap opery. And like my, my whole concern in this bit is when all of a sudden they're like, you know, stuff it, we're going out to eat something different. I'm like, what about the chicken? They just ordered that chicken and like, you know, it's sitting on the table. I'll eat that chicken. You know, Annie, where's Annie? Yeah, Does she get the chicken? <laughs> you know? But, um, yeah, I, my, my biggest thing too is when they go to the restaurant, how fucking quick do they get that fugu or whatever it is? Like, you know, so like, hey, fugu, oh, fugu, oh, like, and all of a sudden they'd bring it out. Like, and what does she well, say? Like, Chefs are really good. They've just got poisonous fish sitting there ready for somebody to eat. Well, how long is it sitting there for? Yeah. The poison's going to, like, kill you. It's one of those foods that you definitely want them to take their time preparing. Yeah. It's like, oh, we'll, <laughs> we'll just brush a touch of death onto it or whatever the hell they call it, the taste of death or whatever. You're just going to, like, brush some of that on there, you know? Like, oh, my God. And then everybody um, walks but, out. Know, if- everybody gets up and walks out. It's like, fuck you, yeah, you well, can die. What-, what if he died? Like, do they yeah, not exactly, care? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> If something happens to him, what the hell is going to... Like, he's just going to, like, collapse and cark it on the floor. And, and like, this is his America, whole family's as if they're not going to have to sign a waiver. Like, I mean, I've... Many times I've been to America and there's warning signs and things, you're going to get sued and all that sort of shit. You are not going to go to a restaurant where you could go eat a fish with like a one in whatever it is chance of you dying without signing some sort of form saying, if I die, it's not the restaurant's fault. I took this risk. Yeah, pretty much. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, these are the things you you definitely don't need to say. No, not at um, all. We're paying attention but, to the episode, not the subtleties of that. <laughs> I do, I do like the one like where you're talking about bad acting, and I think unfortunately I have to go back to Jolly Richardson that I think she kind of brings it out in people, um, you know, because they have this whole thing where they're going in and they're ordering, you know, the whole not having chicken, and they have this whole thing. She's like, we're going to have like yellowtail tuna. And he's like, no tuna, that's chicken of the sea. <laughs> and it's just like the worst joke. And it's like dad joke, eh? Yeah. It's, like, it's terrible. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, so, I mean, we kind of get this whole thing. And, you know, he, he um, gets gets left to die while he eats the fugu <laughs> on his own. Um, and, like, the whole thing is, like, I, I literally just watched this episode, took some notes. I don't even remember how the scene even ends. I think it's just him smiling that he's eating it like you know it's like oh oh, oh, i survived like i mean (laughs) what i don't get that plate is huge that has a fuckload of fugu on it right so i mean is that all from the same fish like is a blowfish that big and even if it is like cannot the bottom bit be really more poisonous than that like i don't know like what happens if he's like smiling and he just dies like i mean i don't know how it works (laughs) yeah would you eat it would you try it um, I, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really think I would. I mean, I quite like eating adventurously in terms of like, you know, I always think on like Survivor or Amazing Race and they've got to eat some bloody bug or disgusting shit. I would probably give it a go. Um, but I don't really see the need to eat something that might kill me. That that seems a little bit unnecessary, really. Hmm. I mean, I don't like fish, but I kind of like... <laughs> that thought process that you could eat it and then be like, yeah, I did it and I survived. But then, of course, my luck, I would be the one that dies. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's not try this. We, we yeah. won't do a, um, a, a sushi cast. We'll just, we'll leave it as is. But, um, yeah. <laughs> We, we head into this um, the surgery scene, and it's really late in the episode to have a surgery scene. This is a really light on surgery episode. Um, this is the only bit you see, and it's kind of unusual for Niptak. Normally, there's a lot of surgery, and this is the only bit we get. Um, to be fair, it's probably one of the more disgusting surgery scenes mm. I've seen. I don't face thing that it yeah. kind of just you know it kind of just gets to you a little bit. But yeah, it really creeps me out. Yeah, I'm not one for the face ones, uh, particularly eye ones, but uh, this is sort of nose. But um, got to give a uh, special note, of course, for the music uh, with the... Ain't no mountain time! Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. If, we're, if we're talking about unsubtle music choices, then yeah. this is definitely, you know, up at the top of the, the, the list for sure, you know. Um, yeah, um, but, you know, it, and obviously over the top of this, we're getting uh, Sean and Christian talking about Sean's going to go off and, you know, dive with the sharks, um, which I assumed was something, you know, you'd be in a cage or something. Um, yeah, I think it's a different, yeah, I, I think kind of this is one of those ones where you're probably just swimming with, like, reef sharks, you know, like, I mean, um, not like great whites. I mean, they wouldn't put you in water with the great white. But, uh, yeah, I, I think because kind of like Florida Keys, you'd have, like, white tip reef sharks and kind of the ones that will attack you, but I don't think they're one of the ones that actually have killed humans. Well, there's only like four or five species of sharks that actually have attacked humans. And I think like a reef shark will only like nibble on your leg or something like that. So, but um, yeah, I like, I like Christian's whole thing when he's like talking about like the risks and what does he say? Like be bold, wear uh, flat top front pants or whatever it is. And then when he says the line, when he's like, reminds me to slip on a rubber when I want to perform a slip and dictomy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Eh? That's really funny. 
I do enjoy that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So no, it's a good thing. And uh, so we kind of move on, and, and we you know find out we go we're back in the the lawyer's office and find out that this judge or whoever the hell she is has given full custody to James, which shouldn't come as a surprise to you even on your first viewing. That it seems like it's going to be a pretty obvious thing to happen. Um, and you know it's. That's basically it, really. I mean, obviously, we get a really cool scene coming up, but um, that's really the the end of this episode. Um, yeah, the the end of the Sorry, episode, not, um, not end of the episode, end of the scene, I should say. Sorry, I'm say, wow, you, you you just stopped halfway through. You were done. You were like, <laughs> yeah, Gina, like, yeah, Gina yeah. lost the custody. I, I, I'm I done. I can't do it, it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't bear to see Gina's heartbreak anymore. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of the fact that yeah, when the lawyer lady's basically like, you know, I fear for the child's life with you. Um, I mean, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Like, we've seen her with Wilbur. I mean, at any point, has she actually been a bad mother? I mean, I know the purpose of the lawyer's decision and, you know, all this sort of stuff. But, I mean, at the end of the day, what what did James do? He got drunk, cheated on his wife of how many years, got had a one-night stand, uh, and he's like, what, in his 60s? I mean, is that really how that's going to go down so quickly? I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I'm no lawyer. I'm no expert in custody law, but I kind of think they award that custody to him pretty easily when they don't necessarily look at his character too much. But anyway, just my opinion. Um, Clearly, Will was going to die with Gina. What do I know? Yeah, yeah, it's not something I've got a lot of uh, a, a lot of experience in, so I can't really speak to it too much. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does feel like it was pretty quick. But um, in terms of ceremonies, let's get on to a, a much more heart wrenching ceremony, which is um, <laughs> Frisky's, Frisky's funeral. Yeah. Just, poor, poor Frisky, Nip Tuck. Frisky just dies everywhere. He's getting flushed down toilets, got tumors. Yeah. When we, we ever find out the fate of Frisky the second or whatever the other one is, um, and- I, like, I like Frisky's box. Has got like the the years yeah. it was alive on, on the box. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh... I just like you know you get the, you kind of get the POV from Frisky's coffin as the as the the dirt has been thrown on top of the coffin. It's like it's it's quite somber, really. Eh? Like, You're talking whole- about Walking Dead. There's there's Walking Dead and hamsters everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah Frisky. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it kind of goes into you know uh, we kind of laugh about it, but then it goes into. You know this whole thing of they come in the door and and Sean, uh, sorry Christian, sitting on the couch and why wasn't he at the funeral? You know you're meant to yeah, be like the the Godfather for Annie, you prick Christian. God support your grand your goddaughter. Poor Annie's hurting. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And it's just like you know he comes and it's like sorry Annie. You know like you say like Annie's just like this complete crutch that they just use when it's convenient because it's like you know Annie's really upset. Who hamster's dead. And, um, oh, Christian's here. Uh, Annie, go off and look after yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, like, this is all about Annie. Like, she just lost someone. What's the whole speech that Julia gives about, like, loss is hard, but it helps us deal with life and blah, blah, blah. Like, poor Annie. But then it's just like, oh, fuck off, Annie. Christian's here. He's actually lost a child. So... <laughs> yes. Yes, he's, he's actually an important character. So, um, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> poor Annie. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's, um, but, you know, this kind of tricks you a little bit because it gets set up as, you know, Sean come, uh, Christian comes in and he's really upset and, you know, you're kind of expecting, oh, well, you know, this is going to be, um, you know, this kind of quite touching scene between these three main characters and it actually turns into, you know, Sean and Christian bitching at each other. Um, and, and I think it's quite a cool choice, you know, because I think it's this show could, and especially this episode, could turn into a real kind of soppy, sentimental thing. And I think that it kind of brings us back to these characters being who they are, that there's this kind of root of anger between the two of them sometimes and um I, you know i really enjoy 
you know that that kind of element to it as well. Yeah, I I think it's um, whenever we get Christian v Sean and it's not you know just like little conflict, like when it's full on conflict, like both Dylan Walsh and Julian McMahon, like are really like they got great chemistry. You said it basically at the beginning of our recaps. Uh, you know that this is kind of like the long unwinding you know love story between two straight heterosexual males, and like when they fight, like it just you know they play off each other so well. But this is kind of going back to what I was saying about Christian is just a dick. You know, like you know the way the way he says about. Um, what does he say about the miscarriage? Like you lost a Zeltgeist or something like that? Zy- well, I don't know. What, yeah. Whatever he says. Yeah. Um, and then the way he's just like, oh, you know, you can't talk Aquaman, and then calling him like Captain Nemo, <laughs> just like all these yeah. things that he's saying. But yeah, I, I mean, you don't want them to fight. You want our favorite two surgeons to be besties forever. But you know, it's kind of when we get these dramatic scenes between the two, they just they do it so well. Yeah, but I mean, I, I enjoy the scenes where they fight as well. I think that, you know, it kind of it gives a real depth to the characters and their, their relationships. So it's definitely not something that I'm unhappy about. Um, you know, I, I enjoy those scenes as well. I think one of the things I really notice here is that kind of everybody's in on Sean. And it's like, you know, this whole thing at the end where Julia gets up and she's like, you trying to find yourself, you lost something. My respect. It's like, for fuck's sake, the guy is just going off to swim with some sharks. It's not yeah. like he's... Uh, it's crazy i mean i remember watching this thing i don't know if um if you've heard of it but the Banff film festival which is like a whole bunch of like short films about people that like go out and do adventurous stuff and anyway there was one and it was about these ed surgeons who basically were um they were cliff divers more or less you know the the thing the, the guys that kind of glide off off the side of mountains and stuff mm-hmm. no basically like you know we we see people in you know um life and death situations all the time and this is the kind of thing that keeps us alive um, and you know, I think that's a little bit of what's going on here with Sean. And I don't think that the swimming with the sharks thing is like the worst thing in the world. I mean, he's already done the the stats on it. He's like only one person ever got attacked, and they were doing something they shouldn't have been doing. You know, like he, even though that it's like a risk, he's still calculating the risk as well. So yeah, yeah it, I just feel like everybody's jumping on Sean. Um, you know, one moment he's been told he's a pussy, and the next moment he's been told that he's losing respect from people. It's just, yeah, I do feel for Sean in this episode. I, I completely agree with you. I wrote that down, like, when she says, like, losing respect. I've written, like, why? Like, I mean, seriously, if, you know, I'm with someone and they're saying they're going to swim with sharks, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I, I mean, I'm not somebody who takes risks. I generally am pretty risk-free. I mean, you, how long did it take for me to walk on that fucking tower in Auckland with you? You're like, you know, I don't do shit like that, but I did it. But, I mean... I would love to swim with sharks, weirdly enough, because I love sharks. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, if my partner says, oh, I'm going to inject myself with heroin whilst jumping out of a plane without a parachute and provoking an angry bear, like, then maybe I might lose a bit of respect. But, like, I mean, if they're doing a tour, like, with, you know, a a respectable organisation where only one person has been hurt after how many years... It's like, okay, cool, fair enough. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got, doesn't doesn't he say, like, at one point he's got more risk driving to work or something like that, which is true. I mean, yeah, if, exactly. if you want yeah. to analyse the statistics yeah. of car accidents, you do have more chance of dying on your way to work than probably you do swimming in the water. So there you go, people listening. I hope you're driving while you're listening to the Oz Network today because you might die. Well, I mean, and, and I, get, I could be wrong about this, but does somebody say in the episode, at any point, does somebody say to Sean, um, basically, um, you know, you don't need to do this to get our respect, you've already got it? Is that something that is said at all during think, this episode? Doesn't Matt say that at the end? Because like, Matt, when he gets the whole, like, sees him uh, being all doctory, 
doesn't isn't that when he says yeah, that at yeah, the end? Okay. So yeah, so kinda of after that happens then then yes. But you know, like to me it's like, you know, Julia's kinda of in on him and it's like if she just said that, but no, she's gotta be like a, a complete bitch about it, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's just one of those things, eh, that, you know, I just, I, and I guess that we set up to feel that way about Sean. But anyway, we kind of get to the scene where they're kind of on the boat and, you know, the whole thing where, you know, they're about to jump off and then, you know, he kind of has this, this kind of flashback, I guess, of, of Matt as a kid and, you know, and, and he decides not to jump and that, that ends up with this Brody guy um, having a, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it, in an arterial gas emblem, em, emblemism. Good, pronounce that kind of well. I think you just basically got the bends, isn't that just what it's a nickname called? The bends, like when you get a yeah. like a, a, it's like it's like a bubble in your bloodstream. Um, yeah, I think so. And apparently, yeah. like I, I know about that because um, I think I watched a documentary. So apparently, I, I don't know. I was, I might have met someone who had it or something. But apparently, it's like one of the most painful things you can get. Um, like divers obviously get it. Like if you surface too quickly. Um, and that's why you need to go in the hyperbaric chambers. But apparently, yeah, it can be one of the most painful things to get in life uh, is getting, like, bubbles in the bloodstream, and it's obviously very dangerous. So, um, yeah, I mean, you pronounce that. I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. I just call it the bends because, you know, I'm apparently cool that way. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yes, yeah, so obviously we get to see uh, Sean Duna's doctor thing, and, and um, yeah, obviously, as, as we've just tipped off, that you know, this kind of, makes matt realize that you know sean can actually be a bit of a badass but he just doesn't really get to see that um you know so i think it, it kind of just caps off that that bit of the episode really um you know obviously we kind of come back to sean a little bit when he's writing his obituary um um but yeah obviously it's um that that kind of just closes this whole thing out that sean gets that kind of closure that he needs that he doesn't need to be doing crazy shit in order to to kind of live life to the full um yeah, it's kind of a funny little standalone story that you kind of don't really come back to at any point, I don't think, at least not that I remember. Yeah, and I think, like, we're talking about things being a bit forced in this episode. Um, the whole bit when he's, like, writing his obituary and he's like, you know, great husband, great doctor, and a great dad. It's kind of like, oh, <laughs> oh isn't that sweet? But doesn't that just feel so fake? <laughs> well, it, it, well, I guess it's probably one of those things that you see on drama shows all the time, but yeah. we kind of hold it up to, especially the writing and the acting, we hold it to a, a much higher standard because it normally is really good and we normally get subtlety. We don't normally get the stuff that's like really in your face that, you know, this happens at this part of the episode and so it ends up with almost like a, a full house moment at the end there, which yeah. is definitely not something that we normally see. So, we just yeah, the I mean, audience bit- going, oh Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, um, that, that probably caps off the whole Sean thing, unless there's anything else in that obituary scene you want to talk about, because I'm quite keen to come back and talk about the Christian stuff, because I think everything, the rest of the stuff we get from Christian in this episode is really cool. Yeah, I mean, the only bit was, um, what, what did Sean say? Like, when you were a kid, I could uh, wow you with state capitals. I mean, Jesus, he must have had an exciting childhood. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's no wonder Matt so messed up, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, so we get, get, go back to the thing. We find out that um, that James has given um, Christian an hour with Wilbur, and we get this whole quite cool scene where he's given him this advice yeah. to the baby, which is quite cool. Um, and you know, and he ends up cutting up at the end. Um, and you know, uh, it, it kind of sucks because we know what's going to happen a little bit later on, and we won't spoil it for people that haven't seen it. But um, you know, um, Wilbur's obviously not gone forever. Um, and it kind of undercuts it when you know that, but because watching this whole scene, it's really emotional, and Christian does such a good job with it as well. Um, you know, it is just really, really sad, and, and I think it's well done. And I think one of the things that, that um, Julian McMahon does really well is he does a lot of really good kind of face acting. Like, he doesn't yeah. need 
the the props of a of dialogue to kind of keep him going. He can just really emote it through his his face, and and I love that. It is really cool. Yeah, this this whole. I mean, I love the bit where he's talking to Wilbur and just giving him the advice. It's just so you know sweet. What does he say? Like no American cars, you know, only Italian, German, and some British. Um, what, is yeah. he, what do you say? Like you know, take a beautiful girl to Florence and whatever he says that, and you know, ask for Sergio or whatever. You know, tell him you're my dad. I, yeah, it was just so sweet. The music too, uh, I've noted here. So the first one is "I'll Find a Way" by Rachel Yamagata when he hands uh, uh, Wilbur back. Who of course is now Gabriel, of course. Um, yes. And then the last the last scene is uh, Sarah McLaughlin answer. Great music. It worked. They work really well. And yeah, like. Just can't speak volumes enough for the acting of Julia Munn. And Jolly Richardson, too, handles the last scene very, very well. She doesn't moan, so that's good. Um, but, yeah, it's just so... I think the way they do it is really good. Um, you know, because, I mean, it's obviously it's all about Christian and, you know, when he's talking about, you know, he doesn't want another son. You know, you just can't tell me you can replace, you know, like if a court took away Annie, are you just going to want another thing? And let's be honest, the courts probably have taken away Annie because she's neglected by Sean and, yes. <laughs> and bloody Julia. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably what's yeah, happened. Obviously, we're kind of leading into this whole scene where, you know, like Christian's just beside himself and, and yeah. this kind of leads Julia to, you know, um, revealing that Matt is his son. Oh, and um, this is... Yeah, as we were talking a little bit earlier, this is the one that I, I, I you kind of forget this one um, for whatever reason. Like I obviously remember um, the other one that's coming up a lot more than this, and this one was kind of lost on me in, in terms of how powerful it is. Like it really was lost on me, and I think you're right. Like we just kind of go backwards and forwards so much on Jolly Richardson, and this is one of the scenes where she does really well. Um, and I think it, I, I just I keep coming back to the fact that Julian McMahon brings the best out of people. Um, you know, he just he acts so well against people that everybody seems to to do their best acting alongside him. Mm. And I just I just yeah, you're right. And I think like how it's kind of handled. You know, when they're hugging and he's crying and like she starts crying and just like going back to what you're saying about his facial reactions, the way he kind of looks and is like you know what's going on and. I mean, I, I would love to know if this was all done in one take because you kind of feel it was done in one take. You don't want to believe that at one point they go, can't do that again because, like, it's just it's so raw and emotional, these two actors just, like, delivering these lines off each other, you know. It, and it's kind of like going back to what I was saying before about when they're all at that dinner table and it feels forced, you know, like, oh, geez, Jules, what about a bit of variety? Um, like, this is the complete opposite. Like, this is, like two people sharing an emotional moment. At no point do you watch this thinking these are two actors pretending to be characters, if you know what I mean. And it's just, that's that's where this just stands out so well. And, um, I mean, we've said it a lot that, you know, only Jolly Richardson and, and Julie McMahon are the only two to sort of get nominated for, you know, major acting awards. Um, you know, sadly, Dylan Walsh never got nominated. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this scene stands out why these two get nominated for awards off this because... Um, you know, it's such a such a strong and powerful scene. The music works so well that the reveal, even though, as we're saying, like it's not the most memorable reveal out of all the characters finding out, and I would agree with that, but it's still not to take away from it. And the way the episode just ends, you know, fade to black credits, it just, I think it just, for this episode and kind of what it is, just the way this ends, it's, yeah, it's very powerful. 
Yeah, and I think just the whole thing about, you know, um, it, it's really easy to overdo a scene like this where you've got people crying and all that kind of stuff. And actually, the, like, the tears and stuff kind of fade out, you know, and it becomes like the, just this really real moment that you kind of really believe in. It's hard to yeah. just it's hard to drag your eyes away from what's happening on, on screen. Yeah. Um, it really just is like this incredibly powerful three or four minutes of TV. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it is really crazy. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where it, you just kind of forget that the rest of the episode happened really because this is this is everything this this scene it's one of the best and i think it's one we really need to kind of just remember when we're coming back at the end of the season because there's so much happens in the season but this i think is a really underrated moment but to you know and speaking about like i said at the top of the episode i'd actually kind of forgotten about this this scene and just how good it was yeah because i mean again i think it probably comes down to the fact that it's in um you know, an episode that, as you said at the beginning of this episode, isn't necessarily uh, an important one for the the grand scheme and overall arc of this of this season. And um, I mean, maybe that's why they, you know, Ryan Murphy or whoever was the writer of this episode put it in this one because maybe it kind of, you know, we, I mean, you would maybe look at this episode without this scene and might change our rating. I mean, when we get to that, um, but it's it's kind of. Yeah, it's it's definitely easy to forget this happens in this episode just because yeah, this again out of all the episodes this season at least it's not necessarily the best. Yeah, and I think it's just it's a it's a kind of real sparkling moment and a, a, a not a bad episode but a no. forgettable episode I guess. Um, yeah, so I think let, let's make sure we don't forget to at least include it in our conversations when we get there. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's such a, a really really good scene and it's definitely worth a another watch if, if you haven't watched this one in a little while because it really really is awesome completely um, but yeah yeah i think we could talk about it forever and i think we it's probably time to move on and, and rate our episode really um so um you know i think we can we we can kind of talk about that so from your perspective is it a, a buy a rent or a bin um i mean i said just then like you know that scene kind of changes your perspective on it uh even with that scene i, I mean i'm gonna rent this i mean it's that scene could almost push it to a buy it, but, I mean, I, I still can't put that on the cusp of a buy just on one scene. I mean, there are some episodes where you can do that based on one scene. I've done it purely before um, based on one scene, but I don't know. I just think that, um, I mean, this isn't a terrible episode. It's not a brilliant episode, but that scene kind of hops it there. I mean, if that scene wasn't in there, would it be a bin it? Probably not. Um, I don't think it's terrible, but... Um, yeah, I, I definitely feel this is a, a rent it and probably watch it a few times just for that scene at the end. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely with you as well that I'd, I'd call it as a rent. And I think probably um, everything that leads up to that final scene from the Christian perspective, so everything we get in terms of the Wilbur stuff is really good um, and it kind of links into the end of that. And I think if the, if the stuff with Sean had been kind of relevant, not to the storyline, but had kind of had longer-term relevance, um, and, you know, if we had a, a, a main patient who was in, more interesting and more relevant to the overall story arc, um, then I think it would definitely be a buy. But I think there's just there's too much kind of wastage there in this episode to really consider it a buy. Um, so even though that's an amazing scene, it's definitely just still a rent for me. Mm-hmm. I would agree with what you just said. Cool. Okay, well, we can uh, definitely leave it there for, for episode five. Looking, coming, looking forward to coming back and talking about episode six where oh. we uh, get into your favourite character a little bit more. And, and, Nick, Nick, it's Pussy Lips. Can I just, just leave that there? <laughs> uh, probably sounds yeah, so inappropriate if you haven't watched the episode yet, but you'll get it once you watch the episode. 
It is. I mean, this is the one that um, inadvertently kind of sets up everything that comes after it um, in a kind of a weird way, which I'll explain in the next episode. So um, that's a great episode. I love the next episode. Yeah. Just yeah, with yeah. Ava and the Ava Matt stuff and Christian being a dick. Um, yeah, and yeah. and Adrian. Yeah, and Adrian. Oh, yeah, God, he's he's in it. And uh, Liz is like, did we notice Liz wasn't in this episode? Well, she comes back next episode. So fear not, you Liz fans. Yes, and Annie's uh, in the next episode too, is she not? We've got more Annie next episode, if I'm not mistaken. Sure, surely we can't have back-to-back Annie. Oh, I think we, back. I think we do. Do we? Maybe. Maybe I'm just getting excited. Maybe we've had back-to-back Annie technically, haven't we? With these two, so not three in a row. Maybe I'm just, I'm just dreaming no, of it. No. There's no such thing as a three-peat when it comes to Annie, I That's don't think. True. But, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but no, anyway, it's uh, it's been fun to uh, talk this one through. Um, so from me, um, it is, I am Nick, and uh, get your coat and your bitch on. And my name is Ben, and not even I could get laid in a Volvo wagon. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.